BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Book of Joe podcast with me, Tom Berducci, and Joe Madden. Joe, I am super excited about our guest today. Likewise, I got to meet this young man, uh, I think it was 1993. I remember specifically um, working off the tee near the batting cage uh, in uh, Edmonton for the Edmonton Trappers. I loved Edmonton, by the way. Uh, but that's that's where I first got to know Billy. We had a lot of good conversations. Uh I thought he's a really good player. I thought the guy was the perfect third or fourth outfielder on a major league level. Uh, hard player. And that's that's pretty much how we all uh, recognized and evaluated him. So it was really a short-lived experience. He left the Angels very quickly and moved on. But nevertheless, we got to be kind of friends just based on that, uh, gosh, maybe a couple of days, maybe even five days of a roving um, situation through Edmonton. But it's great to see you tonight, buddy. You know, he's also helped, me, or helped us in Hazleton with the Hazleton Integration Project. We could talk about that more in a bit, but it's wonderful to see you again. And thanks for coming on the show. Well, I, I'm, I'm humbled to be asked, Joe. It's, I appreciate it. So just a little context to that. I had been in Japan okay. uh, that year. It was actually uh, 92 and I got hurt and came back and I was so such an insecure player that I thought I better sign on and, uh, and keep playing or I was going to get uh, forgotten quickly. And, and, uh, 
the angels were kind enough to sign me, but I had a, a busted up uh, wrist set. And, uh, but after that, I got healed and I was able to play three years with the Padres after that. But uh, you, I knew about you a lot longer than you knew about me. So, uh, uh, and it was, it was always, uh, you know, living in parallel lanes as many of us in baseball do for a long time. I'm thrilled to be here. And, and uh, I hope I get a chance to tell everybody how crazy I am about uh, all the shenanigans that, uh, took place all around uh, your That's circles. <laughs> right on, brother. Right on. Yes. <laughs> That's a good word, shenanigans. Of course, we're talking with Billy Bean, carved out a six-year Major League career with the Tigers, the Dodgers, the Padres. He's been with Major League Baseball for the last eight years, started out in 2014 as Major League Baseball's first ambassador for inclusion, and he is currently senior vice president and special assistant to the commissioner. That looks really good on a business card, doesn't it, Billy? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's so interesting, Tom. Uh, you know, we've crossed paths a lot. I've been very fortunate to uh, be a guest on um, MLB Network often uh, with you and Brian Kinney and, and uh, talking baseball. And, and and that show was really instrumental in, in allowing uh, me a minute to explain what the whole reason for me coming back to baseball was, which was, um, for those that are your listeners who don't know my story, um, the reason I'm in the chair, not only is it, you know, because of my relationship with baseball, which it's been good to all three of us, right? It's uh, it's a, an amazing phenomenon what this game is capable of. But for me, the irony of, of me being a part of baseball now is was I was asked back because of the, the off-field struggles I had as a player. Um, not so much as a player, I brought those struggles onto the field, but what I was struggling with was a secret that I – uh, never intended to tell my family or my friends. Uh, I was raised in a military household, the oldest of five boys. My dad was in the Marine Corps, um, and I was in the big leagues at 21. Um, and so I was around sports my whole life. But the secret that I was hiding uh, was that I'm gay. And I I was not really comfortable with that and, and lived in the space of all the stereotypes and and what the culture of baseball said about someone who was gay and you know all I ever wanted to be was uh Paul Molitor or George Brett that was all I could ever you know dream of those guys were my heroes and I was lucky enough to play against them um when they were baseball's best players and and uh and one of the 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 hardest parts about my story um, and what inspires me to to work hard and be a part of baseball and try to make a contribution um, feel purposeful is that I didn't give baseball a chance to, you know, people like Joe, you know, who he saw the human side of every player. And if you read his book and he talks about that, but I, I wanted people like Joe to see me as a center fielder. And, and I was afraid that if it was anything other than that, that I would be you know, asked to leave quietly and quickly. And so I left baseball as a young player. I had a, uh, my partner died of HIV while I was an active member of the San Diego Padres. And I had never introduced that person to any teammate. My roommate was Brad Osmus for the two and a half years I was on the team and, and um, never introduced him to my family or my friends. And it was before the internet and, you know, all those things that we remember. Uh, and so it felt like a pretty lonely place that I carved out for myself. And, you know, I, I instead of looking for help and believing that I belonged in the big leagues or uh, 
deserved the chance to keep fighting, to stay in the big leagues. Um, I just quit. I quit on myself. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that is really hard to explain to anyone who has never played, but to see, you know, the amazing nature of our sport and the amazing opportunities, the, the cathedral stadiums we build, the, 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 the platforms that are created by being able to play baseball, uh, you will, you never, you, you always miss it. And, and so, um, I sat on the sidelines for a long time, almost uh, 12 years, and, and never thought baseball would ever ask me to be a part of this sport again. And by the great irony of my life, the work that I had started to do away from baseball, when I just stopped lying about my truth and meeting people that were brave battlers for civil rights and the right to fight in the armed forces and be themselves or or you know, marry the person that they want to spend their life with. Um, people that were much more focused on other people than just their own baseball career and their their worry about being judged by others. Um, that's when baseball came calling. And, and, and so I was able to uh, begin conversations one at a time with big league uh, clubhouses because of people like Joe inviting me to come talk to their players and just make the consideration for uh, moving that culture in a positive direction where we're more accepting, uh, more understanding that there are people less privileged than we are and, and that soon we'll be working alongside uh, people from every And it's working. It, we still have a long way to go, but it, uh, it's been working. Yeah, Billy, you play such an important role for baseball and I think society in general. And I've always believed that our society and the game specifically is much better with the most possible diversity that we can have. Diversity of thought, diversity of playing styles, diversity of backgrounds. Um, And what you are doing is allowing now those conversations to take place. And let's face it, a, a a arena where it wasn't always welcome. You know that better than anybody. And one of the reasons we asked you here now is once again, that it's in the news and baseball really wrapping their arms. And I'm really curious to see how you respond to this with TJ house coming out, right? Uh, a pitcher who pitched for both Cleveland and Toronto from 2014 to 17. Now he is only the third player, major league player to come out as gay and you, Billy, were the second, and I believe that was 1999 after your career was over when you came out. So 23 years have passed, right. and TJ wrote just a, a lovely open letter explaining why he was doing this, and gra- congratulations to him, by the way, on his engagement. And I'm just curious, when you read that open letter, I'm guessing you saw a lot of yourself in that, Billy. Yeah, I, I think the... I'm pretty good at, uh, at conversations most times, but the one question I could never answer is why hadn't it happened since I, and I came out almost three years after my last game, um, with no intention of, and, and the, and TJ, you can tell is in the same spirit and, and that he's not looking to exploit that, that announcement. Um, and neither was I, I never thought I would, I, I thought I would never ever tell my, even my own parents. Um, and, and I, and it, it just goes to show you that you don't make it to the big leagues unless you're a baseball player. 
regardless of your sexual orientation. And, and it, and it, it's hard when people, you know, assume that it would be otherwise, or the same way that a man would be able to control himself working near a woman, or a woman is only working in corporate America to find a man, you know, these types of old stereotypes. But the, a, a, a nice story that TJ, TJ wrote me a letter, uh, an email the day before his announcement came out. And um, he said that I spoke to the, the Cleveland Guardians, the Indians at that time uh, in 2015, and he was in the clubhouse. Uh, Terry Francona and uh, Chris Antonetti had asked me to come speak to the, the their major league club. And that was in the first, you know, I didn't have visuals in those days. <laughs> I was I was bringing my own message and and, you know, I know that as a former player, you know, you got five, 10 minutes max uh, in those situations, but it, it turned out to be a really uh, compelling conversation. And, and TJ said that one regret he has in his baseball career is that he didn't reach out to me afterwards, um, that he was still struggling. He was very young at the time. Um, and here we are living in, you know, parallel universes all this time. And, and, um, and, uh, and I understood that, but it was, he said that uh, he appreciated, he felt like I was talking directly to him at the time. And I had no idea that there was another person living with that same experience that I had uh, lived through. So a lot of the, the work when you're talking about inclusion and acceptance and, and trying as, you know, for me has always been trying to find that common ground for people that think like, why, why do I have to be talking about uh, women in the workplace or LGBTQ community or, or, you know, not bullying a clubhouse kid or uh, treating fans with respect and, and, you know, always, always feeling that sense of privilege that comes with this amazing life that baseball can provide you. Um, you don't always get that, that response or a thank you, but you just have to uh, move forward with the thought that, somewhere somewhere somehow someone's hearing and you are making an impact and that was uh that was nice to, to hear from him in that way uh just quickly too i'm because uh, i've had i mentioned early on billy came to my hometown in hazelton we have the hazelton integration project um we had a tremendous influx of the latino community into hazelton primarily dominican and it was a tremendous disconnect um i come from that city uh anglo um white anglo city primarily european and uh, when the when the Latinos started coming, my brothers and sisters, they uh, it really uh, created this uh, disconnect among the the people that had been there and the ones that were there now. So we created the Hazel's Integration Project to try to bring these groups together. We used to have banquets, and one of the first people I wanted to have at one of these banquets was Billy uh, to address the groups uh, specifically about um, the diversity and acceptance and the inclusion. And, and it, it crosses uh, so many different lines, like he's describing right now, uh, the, the fact that people in our hometown would just not accept these people that were there to actually save our city, I felt. And it was so similar to what had happened 70 years ago. My, my grandparents had come 80, 90 years ago. My grandparents had come to the city. So anyway, when Billy came to town, he did a wonderful job speaking to that group, and it made a tremendous impact on our town. And with all that... Um, how often did you get to deliver your message, Billy? I mean, what is the, 
And, and how, what's the method to get you to show up? How does somebody, how does somebody get to Billy to say, listen, we need, we need to hear his message. And then how do we get him to show up? Well, first of all, when someone like Joe Madden asks you to, to come, you say yes. And that would, uh, I also, I love the, the Hazleton project. I speak Spanish. I'm down in the Dominican often. I'm mm -hmm. in a very uh, Hispanic environment in Santa Ana, California. Um, I was, you know, been not been a part of my life always. And so, you know, you know, Joe, that platform that you have and that influence, you, you have, you've been such a strong educator and, and these are, these are great examples for, you know, I try to inspire the players in that way, but to get Billy Bean, the first eight years, I didn't say no to anything. And I think I lived on an airplane. <laughs> um, and really it's interesting because the, when uh, Dan Halem uh, was really one of the, you know, the, the integral figures in me coming on board, he's a deputy commissioner now. Um, there was no definition for my job. I, I thought when baseball called me, I got a cryptic voicemail from a guy named Paul Mifsud, who still works here and is a great champion for inclusion and social responsibility. Um, they said that this message uh, was uh, 12 years late. And, and, uh, and I thought a player might be coming out and that they wanted to talk to me about it. I, and, and they asked me to come to New York. And uh, so I come and I'm sitting in a room with Pat Courtney, Dan Halem, uh, Peter Woodfork and Steve Gonzalez, Paul, all these people are still here. Um, and they had no idea what they, what, what I was going to be when I walked in the room or what my message was going to be. And they started asking a couple questions. And, and by the end of that conversation, um, they, you know, they walked me around and at the time I was the only other former player besides Joe Torrey in the whole building, which is, Hard to imagine now. We really moved in, uh, you know, MLB Networks helped a lot with that. But um, I go home. Uh, a couple days later, they asked me if I'll consider coming to work for baseball. And what changed it and what made, I think, the reason baseball was ready, regardless of me being in the chair or not, was Dan Halem sent me to the GM meetings in Arizona in 2014. Um and I got the last 10 minutes of the three days that they were there. And, and, um, and I just started to share my story and, and I had really challenged baseball to, to live up to being the sport of Jackie Robinson and quit just saying that. Um, and let's talk about inclusion and, and make these players, you know, see the opportunity and, and they, they all are ambassadors in one way or another. And, and, and after I got done, half the room uh, walked up to me, people like Sandy Alderson and, um, you know, Sam Kennedy. And, and it was it was just uh, it was just something else, man. Uh, you know, and they asked me to come to spring training. Uh, and so uh, that first couple of years, I just I just kept saying yes. And, and it was really from relationships, uh, Joe and Tom, from uh, that I had as a player. In 2014, I had played with or against 27 of the 30 active managers, and I was afraid they would only see me as a gay man and not remember me as a, a former player or colleague or peer. You know, we that brotherhood is pretty strong. You guys know that. Um, it's hard to get to the big leagues. It's hard to stay in the big leagues, and 
there's a level of, of respect and appreciation for, for every player that, you know, is able to reach that destination. And, and, and so it was all credit to, you know, strong leadership. Um, you know, Brad Osmus was the manager of the Detroit Tigers. He asked me to come speak to the, his team and, and, you know, Alan Trammell was a coach, uh, you know, I mean, players that I played with that I was just, uh, felt like I was going to throw up the first couple of times. It was pretty scary. Yeah. Well, Billy, you've already made a, a huge impact on the game. We're going to take a quick break. And when we do come back, I want to ask you about where we go from here. We'll be right back with the Book of Joe. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. Our guest is Bill Bean, Major League Baseball Senior Vice President and Special Assistant to the Commissioner. Began in the Commissioner's office as its first ambassador for inclusion in the game and billy you literally have brought conversations into the clubhouse that did not take place uh, no one would dare speak some of the things that now we speak openly about that's progress 
at least in the next question is, has there been enough progress so that a player like a TJ house who listened to your presentation as a member with Cleveland as an active player would come out and say, yes, I am a gay man. I am an active major league player. Are we close to that? Is that important even? I, I think we, we've come so far and we are close, uh, Tom. When I was a player, I was lucky enough to play for Sparky Anderson. I played for Tommy Lasorda. Um, you guys have both have been around the game a long, long time, and you know the way managers used to talk, the way the media would chuckle, the way we would sexualize women or, or you know, stereotype, you know, gays. Um the culture, the 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 level of professionalism um, from management, from the top down, um, I I couldn't be more uh, proud of the way uh, the managers have realized that you know it starts with the, them with that leadership, and it doesn't mean you can't be fiery and you can't be aggressive and you want to go to battle every night. Um, uh, but you know, how we talk about people, how we talk about other players, that's a start because I mean, every single day that I played, you know, half the time I was afraid of getting sent to AAA, And the other time I just thought nobody could ever find out who I am or, you know, and, and you can't play in the big leagues with, you know, half of your mind worried about keeping a secret. And, you know, that, that part was tough. There was no messaging. There was no education. There was no consistency. There were very few women. There were very few people of color that were working in and around baseball. There was, you know, we had, um, you know, the, the the field has always been the most diverse environment, you know. And, you know, ever since Jackie Robinson, you know, every team has looked for the best player, regardless of the package that they come in. But the assumption that a player could never be gay, um, that just lived and breathed everywhere we, you know, and, and so I think because of the, the visibility of the sport, the accessibility, the, you know, for whatever reason, the, the way we talk, that's a start. Um, the, you know, the more stakeholders we have that represent uh, all of these different identities that helps socialize it with the players. Um, I've spoken in the Dominican and, you know, culturally there's all kinds of differences Um you know, I was given a presentation in Spanish and a young player stood up one time and he he said, it's not possible that you're gay because you you played in the major leagues. And he was he couldn't have been 17 years old. He was playing in an academy and he was he was dead serious. You know, he just like culturally it was not it, it didn't seem possible to him, nor maybe that a, a woman could be the general manager of a major league baseball team like Kim Ang or, you know, and so that's the challenge. We have to continue to uh, provide examples um, that players can relate to because they are our greatest messengers. There's a lot to consider by coming out and inviting that type of of, uh, intimacy to the public into your life. It's hard enough right now, and it's never been harder to play in the big leagues and careers will be, for some, they will be forever long. And for, and for the majority, they're going to get shorter and shorter. And, and, and so there's a lot of things to consider. And I want, I want every player to understand that, and I have since the very first day, I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I want you to understand what baseball 
uh, feels about acceptance and inclusion and that everyone should feel welcome in every room. And then and if we're not doing that, I want to hear about it. We need to work hard to try to make um, those differences. I'll share with you, you know, one of my big initiatives was uh, a, a, is an event we do every year called Spirit Day. And when Joe was, you know, defending world champion manager of the Chicago Cubs, I walked out onto the field. Uh, he gave me a big hug and I handed him a Spirit Day shirt, which is a, a day that's that signifies um, shining a light on in on the um, bullying against LGBTQ youth or like five times you know more uh, likely to be bullied or five times more likely to take their lives. And it was a you know, it was a progressive message and he threw that shirt on like it was nothing. And, you know, he understood that for many, you know, if I'm talking to LGBTQ people, they're going to listen to me, but the amount of people that would listen or, or make a consideration for that message because Joe was wearing that shirt, that's, that's how baseball continues to move forward when we can get buy-in from the people that are the most influential. And that's a moment I'll never forget. Thank you. Uh, listen, uh, we've talked about this too, Billy. I mean, utilizing technology to spread the word also. I've been trying to get us, you and I, together to do different Zooms. Uh, I used to do those Skyping uh, kind of uh, uh, with classes, journalism classes, uh, baseball teams. I've done Princeton. I've done University of Texas baseball team. Um, are, are you guys considering at all how to utilize technology, even like uh, with a podcast like this, to really um, – Get your message out there. That's the only way that it's really going to hit home and people are going to listen and, and, and possibly make some changes in the way they, they look at themselves and the way they look at life. But they have to hear you. They have to hear you. So have you guys considered that at all? Well, I think more, more so there's so many different platforms. I think TikTok has, uh, is an environment where we might be able to forge into shorter but really, really effective messages to youth. Yeah. And if, you know, this is the kind of thing that I'm, I, I oversee the DEI committee for our MLB owners and trying to bring progressive ideas that not only help grow the sport. And, and if we can get, like you're saying, Joe, if we can get 10 players to want to talk about, you know, CSR issues um, and, you know, for some owners that feels a little scary. And then, for some others, they're like, I'm all in. And so, you know, the, the great challenge is, you know, if that is a, something that needs to be monetized and it, with the union and, and, uh, and agents. And, you know, I try to go directly to the players. And, and for those, you know, I started a program called Shred Hate, which was a, a bullying prevention education program. And we got Mike Trout. Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Nolan Arenado, Justin Verlander, uh, Javi Baez, uh, Francisco Lindor. Uh, and they, I was so proud um, that they were willing to say, you know, let a kid feel like they belong, whether they can hit a baseball or, or throw a baseball. But, you know, they have such uh, electric uh, influence and that that I've shared that idea. I've shared your name in the in those meetings, that talking about ways that we can um, be more impactful and 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 stay engaged. Uh, and I really feel positive that we're going to make some space there in the next year or so. I'd love to see that. I mean, again, um, your message needs to be heard, and I, I'm I, 
I, I told you this before, um, I'm pounding on this subject basically because my, one of the first Zooms or Skypes I ever did, this little eighth grader asked me at the end of uh, the, the Skype session, he was a journalism mate, or journalism class, he says, what is, what is Major League Baseball doing uh, regarding utilizing technology to help um, uh, create more interest in the game with us as, as uh, eighth graders? This is an eighth grade kid asking me this particular question. <laughs> so from that one question, and this is like, this is 2022, right? This is about probably 2012 or, or, or 11 that I was asked that question. And um, I believe it's fertile. I, b- I believe there's a lot uh, of positive benefits that can occur with this. And then furthermore, you talked about all these good players, and I think that's great. I think they, if we could get them to do it during the season also would be very, very nice. And when we're on the road, you know what it's like being on the road. You're in a hotel. What else you got to do at 10 o'clock in the morning? Right. You could, you could connect with the uh, classrooms all over the United States all over the world. Um, and uh, having you as a moderator, I think, would be a perfect uh, method or way of, of getting the point across. Anyway, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I wanted to get this out here today because it's something I've been pounding on, as you know, for years. I think there's a lot being left on the bone right now that needs to be um, attacked more diligently. Everybody talks stuff. Everybody talks good stuff. But at some point, you have to eventually get out there and actually do stuff. Yeah. And uh, you are the perfect guy to spearhead all of this. And I think the players um, being properly educated, which you would do, it'd be great, uh, make significant strides uh, regarding everything you've been talking about today and making an impact on potential future baseball, either players or just fans. Right. Well, why don't we make a deal with each other? If you have me on here at this time, you hold me to task and I'll bring some results in that space. Okay. I, I am I'm dedicated to it, I feel like uh, you know the how we present it, uh, uh, and when you when they are able to see the impact, um, and and with all the all the things that are coming with uh, what it means to be a superstar player in the big leagues right now, it it feels like an easy ask. We just got to make it easy for them. That that's that's the challenge. There we handle a lot of that. Uh, 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 in- infrastructure here at the office of the commissioner. And one of the things I think that uh, Commissioner Manfred has done really well since we got the, the CBA uh, behind us this past uh, April um, was go and meet players. He, he visited all 30 clubs and for, you know, the whole time prior to that, he had been had some distance. And I think there was a, you know, a little miscommunication, maybe that's an understatement, but the idea that they could see that, you know, he wants uh, to do what's best for the game. Mm-hmm. We all want to grow the game. We all want to stay engaged. We all understand the attention span is constantly evolving and, and, um, and there, we've got to put our minds together. And, and uh, I just think that you touched on gold when you, you, you know, the idea you've always been somebody that looks into the crowd, you see a face, you lock eyes, and, and that person remembers that moment forever. And, and you know, you can make a fan for life. I think we all remember, you know, one of those first or second, you know, times that, you know, we had that interface with a, a big league player um, mm-hmm. and, and how magical it seemed. And, and I don't want them to ever forget or take that part for granted. Yeah, I'll just say one more, one more time. I'm just like saying, ten o'clock in a hotel room on a road is not that difficult, right? I, I really wish, I really wish that more guys would uh, sign up for something like that because, I like you're just saying, eyeball to eyeball contact, answering questions. Your your idol is on the other end of the screen, uh, TikTok, whatever. I I'm just saying that could be very impactful 
in on so many different levels. No, you're absolutely right, and especially when it comes to relating those personal stories. And Billy is a great example of that. The impact of telling his story, personalizing large issues, goes a long way. But Billy, before you get out of here, got one more job for you, and I promise you, it's going to be easy. This is a <laughs> segment we call a reading from the Book of Job. In our book, there's just so, I, I think it's just packed with so many good life lessons and stories and, and uh, leadership lessons. You can literally turn to any page and find something of interest. So that we ask our guests to pick a number between 1 and 368, uh-huh. and we'll see what the book of Joe gives us. Okay. So you're up at bat, Billy Bean. Pick a number. All right. So I, I'm going to trust my gut which is tapping into the accumulated life experiences when we're in the dugout. And I'm going to pick page 44. Page 44. Is there, I couldn't follow your logic there. Is there a reason you picked 44? I was just, uh, Hank Aaron came to mind. Okay. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank God Rizzo didn't have 44. Rizzo's dropped the 48 on us a couple of days ago. Well, you'll appreciate this, Billy, because it goes back to Joe Madden starting out as a scout for the Angels. Wow. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. His first day as a professional scout with $100 and no credit card to his name, he wound up at a dog track in Tucson. (laughs) In the gray haze of his cigarette smoke, Lou Kohenauer studied the racing form like a seminarian combing through scripture. This was the guy who was mentoring Joe, by the yep. way. Yep. Clearly, this was not Lou's first night That's at right. the track. <laughs> Lou was great. Madden was thoroughly impressed by the knowing figure he cut. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can make a couple of bucks out of this, Madden says. I just follow Lou. I, I can possibly double my money. And what happened? He lost. Whatever I bet, I lost. It was maybe 25 bucks, which might as well have been 10000 at that point. Right. Then Lou looks at me, puffing on a heater, pulling on it deeply, smoke all around him, and he gives me that smoker's squint and says in that Cornhauer giggle, get him next time, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Bad night, Lou. Bad night. I was counting on him too, man. Bad night. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if there's many places hotter than Tucson in the middle of the summer. <laughs> right. Oh my God. No doubt. Well, I, I loved your book, Joe. And I, I've just been a privilege to, you know, stay connected to you over the years. And, and uh, this is so, this is a treat. I love your guys show. And, and uh, if I can ever be of assistance, uh, you too, Tom, you do great work. And, you know, Tom, you did a great story, uh, you know, trying to, you know, learn more about mental health and wellness uh, platforms at baseball. And we're, we've worked hard in that space and appreciate your fairness and your, and your efforts too. Well, thank you so much for everything you do, Billy. I just know all the years I've been in the game, there's definitely been so much progress, especially in the last decade or so by the game becoming not just more inclusive and diverse, which is great, but even more respectful. And you know, that's a word sometimes that you know, almost people almost look down upon that in the world of baseball, this pecking order that was there. And I, and I see it, it's a, it's a much better environment to enjoy and to play in. So thank you. You got it. You got it. I hope you guys both have a great holiday and uh, Joe will be in touch. All right, buddy. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays and best to your family too, bud. I right, appreciate thank, you. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Boy, that was that was a treat, Joe, to listen to Billy Bean. He's already made an impact and will continue to do so on this game. Yeah, I mean, just by listening to him, if you're hearing him for the first time, you can see why he's the right person for this job. 
Um, like I said, we, we talked about it briefly during the uh, podcast. Uh, just an easy guy to like. And I uh, just when I first met him, he said 92. I thought it was, might have been 93. But um, just a good baseball player, a good fellow. And then he comes to, comes to Hazleton and made a huge impact on my hometown by, by through his words um, for the, the Hazleton Integration Project hit back there, which we have so many issues back there. A lot of it pertains to bullying and, and diversity and the, uh, the fact that groups don't want to accept one another. So anyway, he came in, did a wonderful job, and uh, I thought he was outstanding. And people just need to hear more often. Yeah, it's an important message, and I think even – even more so, it's important at this time of year. I mean, folks, mm-hmm. it's as simple as just being kind to one another, right? Treat people right, right. like family, and, and you really can't go wrong. And, and mm-hmm. we want to wish our listeners as well, Joe, of course, the best of all holidays. And Absolutely. I don't know about you, but usually for me, I think about Christmas, you think about being a kid, right? And having that Christmas spirit. If you have it as an adult, you've won, people. Um, so it got me thinking about Christmas gifts, Joe. Did you ever have a Christmas gift as a kid that even to this day, you're like, wow, I can't believe I got, that was the best gift. Absolutely. Uh, it was, uh, woke up, we lived in a small apartment and I just peered out the, the, uh, the doorway into the hallway and, and Santa had already been there and left a flexible flyer sleds with the Chrome bumper standing against the wall right there. Um, I, I could not wait to get that sucker out the next day on the Hill. And that was it. It's a flexible flyer sled with the chrome bumper on the front. It has to have the chrome bumper to really be cool. And their their logo in the center of that thing was outstanding. I broke it a couple times. My dad fixed it, uh, but it was the flexible flyer. I might have been nine or 10 years old, something like that. So it was like right around 1964. That was absolutely an indelible Christmas present. Pretty cool. As long as you yeah. didn't break your collarbone, I think you're good with breaking the sled. I did that when I was a kid. For me, <laughs> for me, I... Me and my brothers, we were always playing, competing. You name, we competed at it. One year, I got one of those tabletop hockey games nice. with the rods. Yes. Not the one, the big ones that they have in a game room with a dome on top. The old school rod hockey. And we took the the hockey puck that came with it, took that out. And we got this ball <laughs> bearing type thing that was from the game Carom. And we used that as the puck. So it was like at warp speed playing rod hockey. And we just would beat each other up. Love that stuff. I, I I know the game. I love the game. <laughs> Those Absolutely. things you just can't forget. So all the best of all of our listeners yeah. throughout the holidays and the new year. And um, hey, why don't we leave them with a message, Joe? What do you got? Yeah, I was just I was going through some stuff today, and this comes from Drake. And um, I thought it was really pertinent uh, based on our show today. What's going on right now? Uh, it the holiday season plus in the world in general. And I thought this was really pertinent. Life. Uh, excuse me. Live without pretending, love without depending, listen without defending, and speak without offending. Um, really, a uh, really simple message, a lot of withouts in there, without pretending, without depending, without defending, and without offending. I thought a uh, pretty simple and good way to go about uh, creating relationships with others. I thought it was outstanding. Terrific message. Thanks so much, Joe. We'll catch you next time. Okay, brother. Thank you very much. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 